turning wind turbines into gummy bears. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. Last week, diplomats from around the world met at the United Nations, attempting to reach an agreement on how to protect our planet's oceans. The waters at stake are the high seas that begin 200 miles off the coast of each country. Currently, only about 1% are protected from things like plastic pollution, abandoned fishing gear, overfishing, and the effects of climate change. A major goal of a treaty is to create marine protected areas covering 30% of the seas for long-term conservation of biodiversity. But there's still disagreement over how to create them and to share the benefits for marine life. Biodiversity is more than preserving just whales and turtles. It includes conserving microbes in the seas that produce half of the oxygen in the atmosphere. According to Greenpeace, richer countries, including the U.S. and Canada, have delayed reaching a treaty. Only on the last day of the gathering was there some progress on sharing resources derived from marine plants and animals that could be used by pharmaceutical, chemical, and cosmetic companies. Research into those uses is costly, and developing nations don't want to be left out of profits derived from the ocean. In addition, Russia has refused to engage in the process at all. Liz Karen of the Pew Charitable Trusts said she remained encouraged by the progress that was made during the two weeks of negotiations, even if a treaty wasn't finalized. And she's hopeful a new session of the UN can be called by the end of the year. If you had to guess, which do you think could produce more lettuce? a rural farm or an urban garden? According to researchers in the UK, it turns out that urban farming produces up to four times more per square meter of some crops than conventional agriculture, including leafy greens, cucumbers, and tubers. The team estimates that up to 20% of food is produced in cities, and as their populations boom, Urban agriculture will be not only an important source of food, but a way to fight inequitable access and food deserts. The researchers speculate that urban agriculture may produce more because crops can be grown inside throughout the year. Another reason may be that urban farms don't need the space for large farm equipment. Wind farms are spreading around the globe, which is huge toward getting us to a clean energy future. But the wind turbine blades themselves have only about a 20-year lifespan, and also new, larger, more efficient ones at sea are coming online that can generate more electricity. That means lots of old blades are ending up in landfills. Not a good look for a green industry, but what are you supposed to do with a piece of fiberglass the length of half a football field that's not easy to transport or recycle. If you're John Dorgan at Michigan State University, you turn blades into gummy bears? That's one potential use of a new type of resin his team developed to make turbine blades. The difference is, once a blade made with his resin completes its lifespan, the resin can be dissolved to make new blades or mixed with other materials to create consumer goods, from kitchen counters to windows. And as Scientific American reports, cooking the resin at high temperatures produced a superabsorbent polymer, often used in diapers, and 
With a little more processing, it was converted into a common food preservative, which the team turned into the candy bears. It's a sweet way of showing how wind turbine blades, which go round and round, could one day be part of a circular economy. And finally, ever since the age of sail between the 16th and 19th centuries, when global trade was dominated by galleons and clipper ships, vessels have operated from the same maxim: SFTW. Sail fast, then wait. To this day, ships book it to their destinations without any regard for local conditions, only to idle offshore until a berth becomes available, wasting fuel and generating toxic emissions. But a consortium called Blue Visby Solutions wants to change SFTW by creating a type of air traffic control for cargo ships. It's developed software that optimizes arrival times for vessels by comparing their profile with other ships headed to the same destination. It factors in port congestion as well as environmental conditions like weather, currents, swell, and tides. The program is set to launch next year and would allow ships to slow down to cut fuel consumption and emissions, but still keep their spot in line at the port. This benefits the climate as well as ship owners who save on costs with more efficient journeys. The developers say their platform could potentially reduce the carbon footprint of the maritime industry by about 15% and has the potential to slash emissions from global shipping by more than 60 million tons of CO2 per year. Independent research shows the adoption of their solution would reduce underwater noise pollution by 45%. And lower the risk of striking whales and other sea life by 40%. Sounds like a no-brainer for the shipping industry to stop SFTW ASAP. That's it for this week in water. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.